I want someone to come up with a campaign ad that just says, vote for me because the other guy is a dumb duty face. Like, just the most kindergarten level smear tactics. Like, he smells like farts. That's what I want to see. Um, if if you're a candidate and you have the guts to, to just launch the most preschool kindergarten smear campaign that you can, you might get my vote. Welcome back to Privy. Privy is a podcast about bathrooms, recorded in my home bathroom. I'm your host, Hunter Hoover, and I love bathrooms. We, uh... Sorry. You just got a message from a friend of the show. Uh, we're in discussions about how much a, a refrigerator should cost. Um, particularly a non-working refrigerator. It's a special thing. But, you know, we went on a short little road trip between between last episode and this one. Uh, and if you're hearing this and you're, before I tell you about that, uh, if, you're, if you're looking at this and you're looking at the date and uh, you're finding that, uh, no, <laughs> you're not crazy. Um, this, this is not coming out on a five. Uh, I, that will become abundantly clear why as we continue. Um, but this is kind of a, a privy special release. We are releasing a few days ahead of schedule for the purposes of giving enough time to have our coverage be beneficial. So um, hopefully you can listen to this soon after it comes out and the coverage will be helpful. And if not, um, whatever, you're, that's your business. Uh, but yeah, we, we took a little road trip to Montana um, and just the amount of, the amount of stopping for bathrooming is, is always, you know, we did a, we did a two day drive. You can do it in one, but we did it in two. Um, and I think part of that is just due to the, the amount known amount of time that we have to stop. But the worst of these pit stops was actually on our return trip. And I have to, I want to share this because it's just the most frustrating, like, and it's nobody's fault. Like people can't help when they have to go to the bathroom, but in the, in the moment, it's just like, can we not? But we're, we're driving back, uh, westbound on I-84, um, in Oregon. And my, my son child has to go to the bathroom. And so, you know, he's doing a good job of holding it and we're pushing it and pushing it, pushing it. We finally find the 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 pull off that's gonna have the amenities the McDonald's big old yellow M is just shining bright and loud and so we pull off I don't remember it's like the one that goes down towards Bend I think but uh, it's like a it's a long road towards the end of that um, but we pull off and this McDonald's shares a parking lot with like what seems to be the only truck stop in a hundred miles because every semi truck on the planet was in this parking lot. And also it's just a disaster to get in and out of as a semi. Um, and man, it was, it took us longer to park and get out of the parking lot and back on the road than it did for three different people to go in to the McDonald's. Um, Two of which use the restroom, to my knowledge. 
And it's just one of those things where it's like the the truck drivers can't enjoy this. Like they they can't look at this McDonald's fondly and think, oh man, I love sharing a parking lot with these guys. Uh, they just can't. It, yeah. These are the things. There, every now and then, there's like they're taunting us with a Chick Fil A over here. Uh, we're we're in Albany, Oregon. They're taunting us with one. They keep saying it's coming. I, I'll believe it when I feast on that chicken. Um, but they are they are supposedly again supposedly confirmed are building one in Corvallis. It's about fifteen minute drive away, and they're like doing road work on the road right outside of where they say they're going to be building it. Uh, and it's it's one of those things where it's like they put these businesses and things in, and I think they like got the spot, but then the city of Corvallis was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You do not have the traffic infrastructure and and just general ability to keep traffic moving through this part of Corvallis for you to put a chicken filet here. You just can't do it. Um, it's going to be clogged up harder than, than an old man who just had way too much pizza cheese. But as I noted, this, this episode's kind of... Uh, it's not a rushed release, um, but it it was kind of an unexpected thing. Uh, normally, I, I I like to have coverage of something where it, there is somewhat of a call to action for y'all a little more ahead of time. Um, but with the hubbub of trying to win a porta potty, we're still trying to do that. Uh, we're we're trying to get that honey bucket as the record, uh, but. My attention was on the that as another competition. And at the front here, I I want to put a plug in. Uh, it, and that is that you the poop map um, app, it's great. You can track where you've gone, and it's a cool thing to look at the map. And you can join the privies and the social group. It's chill. It's kind of a fun thing. But I put that here... Uh, because it's just another level of competition. Uh, there's people who try to compete in the app for who can, I guess, poop the most uh, or have the most places where they have poop. It's really cool because you can look back and see all the places that you've you've brown, brown bag deluxed it. And in the spirit of these competitions, whether it's me trying to win a porta potty or me trying to poop more than everybody on the internet, I guess, or something... Uh, Slightly later than I would have preferred it, we now launch our yearly coverage of the America's Best Restroom Competition. I should note at the top of this, so that way you can navigate to it while you are listening. Um, See that? Multitasking. You can vote. At the link, we're going to have that in the description below, and it'll be in our drum links until the competition ends. Um, so go vote on on your favorite restroom for America's Best Restroom 2023. Uh, and if you have a bathroom near you that you think is worthy of America's Best Restroom, they have nominations open for the 2024 Best Restroom right now. They haven't even crowned 2023, but you can nominate 2024. Um, imagine the, the either lack of courage or the audacity of somebody in this current 2023 running 
putting their bathroom up as a 2024 entrant. Uh, that would be a bold move. It would also show an incredible lack of confidence. But they're not, they're not too out of suit uh, because that we have elections coming up in 2024 here in the United States, and they're already debating. Um, they're getting ready for the first of these debates. Uh, which means that I will just hate TV and the internet for the next year and a half. Um, I don't, I don't want it. Just you know, we're gonna talk. Yeah, we're gonna get into this. So, so now that you've navigated to Synthesis website to cast your vote, consider this this episode of Privy, your voter's guide to America's best restroom, twenty twenty three. And but before we must you. If, if you've listened to the show, you know that you can draw a straight line between the things that we need to do, but we have to take the most zigzagged, cockeyed method to that that we must. And so in order to, to really give you the spirit of democracy as you vote, we need to talk about the background of voter guides, since we are serving as a voter guide. The history of voter guides is short, um, but it's kind of neat. Now, I, I, I must confess, I did use one of those AI websites to help me prepare some of the research today because as I began to do it, I didn't really know where to start because like voters guides are drastically different than propaganda, or at least they should be. And so trying to find the history of these was kind of kind of interesting. But but what I'm here to tell you is that this AI is not that good. Um, like it's good, but it's not that good. Because it like right out of the gate, it completely missed the point. So I put in like history of voter guides just to just to spur on my research. And I'll go I'll go research from there. And and, and according to it, the voters pamphlet was first used in ancient Greece. Now We'll hear that and we'll go, oh yeah, I've heard of ancient Greece. They do a lot of things first. But we need to look at the device that they are saying is this early voters pamphlet. We got to look at this thing. Um, so this device was called the Claritarion. And, and I, I got to tell you, this device could not be farther from a voter's pamphlet or a voter's guide than you could get. Because voter pamphlets, those kind of overly thick, overly sized books that you get in the mail around election season that are like, we're going to lay out as if it's voting for dummies what all of these people think. And my favorite is, is when they can't even stir up a photo of the person. Like they're running for public office, but they can't even find a photo of them. That's my favorite. Um, it, it, yeah. What was really funny was here in Oregon in the 2020 election, uh, we are one of the states whose ballots actually had a uh, good old Kanye on it and no picture was given. It was so fun, uh, on these voter guides. No, no picture of Kanye. Like they couldn't find one. The dudes. Yeah. Anyway. But the voter pamphlet is designed to inform the reader about the candidate or the issue so that way they make their own informed decision. The claritarian takes all choice out 
by randomly selecting someone to an office. Now, th this thing is kind of like a really old slot machine uh, that has like mated and produced a child with a bingo cage. It think of it like if if you elected judges and things using the a bingo cage. You rattle 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 rattle. You yank the sucks the ball. Yank the ball out. And some of the time that would be fine. Like honestly, we could save probably millions of dollars and tons of time and effort if we had this system in the United States. Selection via random draw. But the problem is is there are large swaths of people who for one way of putting it are insufficiently gifted to lead people. Uh and another way of putting it is they're just incredibly stupid. And you don't want just you don't want Ding Dong Louie's name getting slurped out of the bingo cage. That it's it's kind of like that Hunger Games where they get drawn, but you get to stare as like the biggest ding dong in of all of the ding dong kingdoms gets to rule you. Um, it random draw is not great. Uh, the power of choice is pretty cool, uh, but your options should not be between a poop sandwich and a diarrhea sandwich, uh, which is kind of what's happened recently here. Uh, but one time at the high school, so like the effectiveness is like the idea of this thing is like, oh, we, we will leave it up to the effectiveness of humanity to lead. And with that idea in mind, I want to share just a brief little story here. Um, yeah, sure. You know, let's, let's go for it. Let's make it a full-on hunter's anecdotes to keep you afloat. So as I've shared on the show and have recorded on location, uh, I work at a public high school here in Albany, Oregon. There's two of them, so process of elimination will help you get that one locked down. Um, but at, at, one of the things that happens at these at the high schools is they issue these teens lockers, and they don't have enough lockers for every teen, so some teens share. But what happens is is for a vast a vast, not majority, but a just a large number, a frustrating, I would say majority. Yeah, let's go majority. So many of these teens get a locker and then they never use it. Like they put their crap in there probably for the first two or three weeks and then they just slam, shut, walk away and they don't open it again until like the second to last day of school, which is locker cleanout day. Now, this particular locker, uh, which, and the events that follow this locker that thus destroy the hope that we can trust humans to make good choices. Um, so the kids are opening lockers, and this one locker, nobody was opening it. So they just opened it, and it was just full of junk, full of crap. And usually what happens on this is it's 18, has shirked their responsibility, and just decided to not clean out their locker, or they dropped out, or moved schools, or something happened in their lives, and they disappeared from the school, but they did not clean out the locker. And in the locker was this blanket. Uh, and 
when you opened the locker, it kind of stank, like it had a stank to it. Uh, but as a, one of the students helping this teacher who has opened it pulls this blanket out of the locker, the whole hallway is just engulfed in the most putrid smell. And, and it doesn't take long. Like it's kind of musty, but it's also like very, very distinctly urine. Um, and one of the kids, he was trying to say that it was cat pee. I, I am not confident on that, but he yanks this, this blanket out and he does the right thing. He crams it in the, the dumpster, the trash bin that's located central to the hallway where they're dumping all this stuff out. And you know, they pulled this blanket out and it stank and it's kind of, it's kind of randy in the hallway and they did the right thing. But it smelled like, to me, if I had to bet, if I were a betting person, what I think happened was at, at the school I work, we regularly have to lock the bathrooms because of vandalism or tomfoolery or any, any amount of reasons. Um, but in short, it is not uncommon for the bathrooms to be locked. And so what I think happened is on one of these days where the bathrooms were locked, locked either the kid who owned this locker or his buddy or some random passerby opened the locker because most of them they jam them the minute they unlock open the locker and peed into the blanket now this is uh, this is all speculation but again based on the smell and just the general vibe of the situation smells of pee and and my guess is having faced the locked bathrooms, they opted to pee into the locker blanket and then leave it and walk away. <laughs> Spray and pray, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but this was absolutely terrible. And again, this story is here to do something to diminish your faith in humanity to make good choices here. Because naturally, an entirely different kid, and he's different for more than one reason. It comes by and he yanks the blanket out of the trash and he slings it around his neck and he runs down the hallway like pretending to be like a superhero or masked caper. And then it's not until like 15 minutes later when he throws it in the trash again and, he, and he's like trying to figure out why now his shirt stinks. And I'm like, dude, because that blanket stank of pee. You didn't smell it when you, well, I just thought it was the hallway incredible and i share that because with the with the claritorian system that kid could one day end up being a, our judge no thanks <laughs> and i'm not trying to say he can't be whatever he wants but i like i am this has been hunter's anecdotes to keep you afloat This machine, this Claritorion, is also kind of like a D&D dice tower in some of its mechanisms, like how it works. Like it, It's got like a tumbler system wherein it drops like colored blocks or dice down through a thing. It's kind of weird. Um, I'm kind of glad I learned about it. It's not a voter pamphlet, but it is interesting. Rather, as democ democracies started to spread into modernity, it was quickly followed by something 
that was not a voter pamphlet, but would definitely make you need one. As people started to compete for places of office, smear campaigns got worse and worse. Attacks on character and even outright lies are used to influence your vote for certain people. And now, I know this might come as a shocker, but these tactics are still used today. I know. I want someone to come up with a campaign ad that just says, vote for me because the other guy is a dumb duty face. Like, just the most kindergarten-level smear tactics. Like, he smells like farts. That's what I want to see. Um, if, if you're a candidate and you have the guts to, to just launch the most preschool kindergarten smear campaign that you can, you might get my vote. Uh, mostly because I don't think my vote matters. But nowadays, it wouldn't matter. Like, your kid can do drugs wherever, and you sit happily unaware that you're even president. But with smear tactics came the desire to know what was true. Of the, like, is that true? Did Eisenhower really eat glue and like it? Did Taft's mom actually hate kittens? Was Roosevelt really a duty face, like the competition said? Well, we needed a way to tell whether these claims were legitimate. In America, democracy has changed its shape. Um, and what's wild is women have only been allowed to vote in these United States for just over 100 years. The 19th Amendment was ratified on August 18, 1920, and it gave women, amongst other things, the right to vote. And it was a long battle leading up to this point. This did not happen overnight. The women's suffrage movement and other like-minded voter movements had lobbied information, made action to get the right to vote to women. But with the ratification of the 19th Amendment, women could vote. But that did not mean that those women were now all informed. Many of the men of society gathered their political information when they left the home. And in a time where many women stayed at home, how were they to get this information? Previously existing agencies, such as the National American Women's Suffrage Association and the National Council of Women Voters, would later merge and come to be the National League of Women Voters in 1920. As the 19th Amendment was ratified, the League grew, and their goal was to raise voter awareness and raise civil rights awareness. Now, this was associated with race, but it was the civil rights for women, children, and minorities, primarily, that they were uh, had attention on. The League was formed by Carrie Chapman Cat, and th that's her last name is Cat. She is not a cat um, that I know of. I won't tell her who she is, but... The, the formal organization was drafted at a 1920 convention held in none other than Chicago, Illinois. Now, more on Chicago next episode. Stay tuned. Uh, but the league did a lot to raise awareness. Women could vote. But as we said, that voting needed to now be informed. The league drafted surveys and, and, and 
conducted surveys to help raise awareness and get feedback on what issues were important and what information was missing in the population. The, the league really made its mark in 1926 when the, league, at the, when the time president of the league, Bell Sherwin, emphasized that education in politics is the right road towards true democracy. And that gets an orange vanilla polar seltzer of approval. Information booths were set up in stores. Talks to highlight candidate views were conducted in public settings. They advocated for voter registration. And in short, they got the ball rolling in America on making informed decisions when it came to vote. Nowadays, when there is a vote, you get a guide in the mail that lays out the candidates and their views, and you can go find it all online if you don't want to read the mail. The National League of Women Voters paved the way for voter guides. And nowadays, we make informed decisions via an internet that is, well, maybe, aud maybe audited and edited by certain individuals. Making an informed decision is important to democracy. And here on Privy, we are in complete agreement with them on this. And so, without any more at this point, any more of the 25 minutes of, of the show's further ado, we present the 2023 America's Best Restroom Association Voter's Guide brought to you by... Well, me, but uh, in, in conjunction with the nod towards the Sintis Corporation who holds the competition in and of itself. Good for them. Um. So we're just going to run through these bathrooms. Uh, so number one, top of the list, is the Baltimore-Washington International Thurgood Marshall Airport restroom in Baltimore, Maryland. This this bath this bathroom is a new construction. Uh, it has, and this is going to be kind of a a common theme throughout all these bathrooms, but it features the single stall privacy occupant bathrooms. What this is is when you go into a normal bathroom. Let's say you're let's say you go into Walmart now. Unless you're in Jerry Crane's magical, very good Walmart, most of these look like a hellscape on earth, and they. They feature a door that has two negative negative things to it. The first is any child or pervert can just look right underneath the foot gap and just stare right up at you while you do your thing. Now, you can curb stomp them, but they can do it. Uh, and the second problem that the traditional bathroom stall has is you can just peer right over the top. Like if you are if you are beyond six foot tall, you could get an oopsie glance at someone's little little midge, and you don't want that. Like, or maybe they do. Uh, but they have these privacy stalls, and this is a this is a common thing. There's also seating in the the Baltimore Washington International Thurgood Marshall Airport uh, for those who may need to wait while you drop your fat stack. You know, you ate too many of those. You ate too many of those Biscoff cookies on your flight, and now you got to drop a fatty. 
what's really cool, one of the one of the cool features of this bathroom is it features real-time inventory counts. So they must have some sort of a system hooked to the janitorial or stocking staff at the airport, but it can tell how much of different items are available in the bathroom and when they need to be refilled. As for the aesthetic of the Baltimore-Washington International Thurgood Marshall Airport, it, it's, it's whitewashed. We talked about this last year in the 2022 rundown, but there's just a trend, especially in airport bathrooms, to just make them white. Like It's like, oops, we, did we save money on white paint? Because we're going to make this thing as white as we possibly can. I think it's to trick your brain into thinking it's cleaner. Uh, what do I know? Number two, Clear Lake and Des Moines River Safety Rest Area in Jackson, Minnesota. Now, these this is another new construction bathroom, uh, and it's located on I-90 near Jackson, and they have a, a brick and paneled vibe. It's kind of that coupled with local artists' art unique to each bathroom space. They they vote they boast gender neutral bathrooms, family bathrooms, and yes, the privacy stalls. These are doors that go all the way to the ceiling and all the way to the ground, in case I did not mention that earlier. Number three, the Druzy and Dar in Nashville, Tennessee. Now, the, the Druzy and Dar, I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's here's what you gotta know. It is a restaurant located inside a hotel. So in this case, the bathroom is located inside a restaurant, inside a hotel, inside of Nashville, Tennessee. This is a redesigned bathroom. And you'll know which one you're looking at on the America's Best Restroom voting page because I'm going to describe it in one word, and that is pink. This, this Mojoker is pink. And they said that they updated this style to compete with the very trendy men's Art Deco bathroom that is also in this restaurant. Uh, it, it's like 50 shades of pink, layered and textured. There's a pink couch, pink counters. It's all pink. Oops, all pink. The Pink Panther might just not be able to contain himself. The lights are pink, for goodness sakes. They made the bathroom to be a site to have photos taken in. And this is something else that, that is new and we're going to see happen a couple times. Is, is people are keying in on the photographability of very dope bathrooms. And in the case of the Drusy and Dar, they lean into it. They're like, hey, you want to take a picture in our very pink bathroom? It'll be neat. Uh, I bet they aren't taking pictures like we got over on Randy Bowles. Go go check out Randy Bowles. Do so at your own risk. It's the pink one. You'll locate it. Number four, the El Rio in San Francisco, California. This bathroom is located inside the El Rio Dive Bar and Pub in San Francisco. The vibe is supposed to be kind of futuristic Tokyo subway. To me, if you've ever played Fibbage 3 on Jackbox Party Pack, who knows which one. Um, it kind of has that like multicolored kind of, I think of it as like 90s retro video game, like three color stripe vibe. 
it's 80s, 90s vintage stripe to me. That's kind of what it gives. But that's the El Rio. Um, it looks new, looks clean, perfectly serviceable. Number five, the frying pan in New York, New York. In New York, there are these things called historical light ships. And on one of these is a bathroom and that the ship is called the frying pan. Now, they remodeled the bathroom on the frying pan, built a new restroom. It's got nautical themes and vibes. It's on a boat, for goodness sakes. What's cool is it has like vintage wooden paneling all throughout this bathroom. It makes it look really cool with the metal. Um, what's really neat is the frying pan, the... the uh, oh, shoot. The light ship is, is a registered historical site. It is one of 13 light ships remaining of the original over 100 built it also features in the bathroom hand painted artwork of the the like light ship of all these light ships number six helen blazes brewing company in melbourne florida now, the building for the Helen Blazes Brewing Company was built 120 plus years ago. That's almost, that's probably in the 1800s. Uh, and, it, and it was built as a hardware store that, that was converted into a craft brewery and pub. The bathroom is designed to promote and it boasts that it has no lines at the ladies' room. It has an open lobby style with this like where like you go in and it's kind of got a lobby as a waiting room so instead of waiting in line outside the bathroom you go in and wait in kind of the bathroom lobby for them to enter one of these privacy stalls again uh it's interesting uh it, it's it's got a vintage kind of reminiscent of the history of the location uh it's it's kind of a cool idea this this loading zone bathroom especially for women because they go to the bathroom and they take forever and there's always a bit. No, I'm just kidding. But it, it's kind of interesting that they keep doing this to women's rooms. You know what I'm saying? Number seven, Jubin's Creole Restaurant in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Now, Jubin's Creole Restaurant restrooms were renovated in 2022. These are fresh. These are fresh off the lot. And... They feature very dark blue walls. Like it's it's almost, you know, like in the office when Dwight paints Michael's office just black. It, it kind of gives me that, but it's got little pops of bright pink in it. This is another one of these photo stop bathrooms. They boast that you can come in and take a photo op in the bathroom, which they have painted this way. I, I don't know. Just here we are. Number eight. The Little American Hotel in Salt Lake City, Utah. This bathroom is another one of those bathrooms contained inside a thing contained inside of a hotel. Uh, it, they boast their, their thing that makes them stand out. Imported Italian marble. Imported international pieces and materials. It has top to bottom privacy stalls. There they are again. And pink wallpaper unifies it. You know... Our vibe, that 2023 is the year of privacy stalls in pink. 
So many of these either have accents of pink or they, like the Drusi and Dar, they're just like, hey, what if we made the whole thing pink? Number nine is the rabbit hole in Greenville, South Carolina. Now, the rabbit hole is an Alice in Wonderland themed bathroom. It features just countless pictures of both whimsical and bizarre scenes and phrases from Alice in Wonderland. The color scheme, as well as the foliage, it has a rose garden ceiling, make it feel as if you have gone into the rabbit hole to go to the bathroom. Uh, the feeling of being taken into another world is, is very evident. Even just in looking at these pictures, I feel like I'm, I'm lost in a different space. The bathroom has Alice in Wonderland playing on audiobook over the speakers in the bathroom while you poop. It's a nice touch. And number 10 is the Snow Basin Resort in Huntsville, Utah. This is located inside a luxury ski resort, and the luxury restrooms feature, again, Italian marble accented in bronze and crystal. Um, essentially, this is a very fancy lad bathroom. It's a very fancy bathroom. Um, and it's funny because it's a fancy lad bathroom that these just besmirched ski boot wearing ski people are going to just get their ski boot wet all over this fancy bathroom. It's good stuff. And that's it. That's, that's the end of our, our, uh, finalists for the 2023, uh, America's Best Restroom presented to us by Sintus. You can go and vote. I believe you can vote once every day. Voting ends August 11th. So that's why you're, you're hearing this episode earlier than you normally would to give you, hopefully, 10 days of voting to influence. Uh, your vote matters. This is the end of the unbiased portion of the, the voting pamphlet, if you will. But now I want to tip my hand a bit. The Privy Cast pick for Best Restroom 2023 is The Rabbit Hole. This place looks awesome. Uh, I noted last year, and, and I will also note that the bathroom, Privy's pick of bathroom last year did not win. It went to an airport, and it's as I explained to my wife, these cool bathrooms never win. It always goes to these industries and these places where it's like they're stacking it. And I really hope one of the small dogs could win. The Drusian drawer, even though it's pink, is very dope bathroom. Like, it, it's very cool looking. It's striking. So go vote. Uh, it's your right. It's your duty. Uh, and all that crap uh, that they taught you in government. But uh, And you, links in the doodly-doo below. Or in the drum thing for the podcast. And this brings us to the end of another episode of Privy. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review. Five-star options are preferred, and for every rating left, we will donate some money to the Wounded Warriors Project, reminding you to keep, poop keep pooping in the free world, but the free world was not always free. Follow us on social. We're at PrivyCast. You can follow me. I'm at Owlet7. Uh, and if you're daring, you can go check out Randy Bowles, at Randy Bowles. Uh, we'd like to thank Kevin McLeod and Poddington Bear for the use of their music this week. Thanks, Kevin and Poddington. This has been another episode of Privy. Thank you so much for joining us. Fart proudly, wash your butthole, and now, as always, don't forget to flush. <laughs>